what just happened? I haven't been on this recording studio since Halloween. And now it's Christmas? It's like we traveled through a wormhole, uh, through a time vortex, through a... Oh no, what's another a third time travel device? Through a, a, I don't know, a port key. That's Not time like, travel. That's, that's, but uh, it's interdimensional. That's spatial. Well, okay. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude. I feel like while we were traveling, we recorded another episode, but we forgot to grab it. And it's lost. We in left the, it. In, in the space in highway. The oh well. Here we are. It's the Christmas episode to follow up the Halloween episode of Preview Review. There's no Thanksgiving episode because well we eh. recorded it, but it, it Thanksgiving up... movies are never as good as Christmas movies or Halloween movies, anyways. It wasn't so. up to snuff. Yeah. So don't think we're slacking by taking a two month break. But we but we are. We only took a one month break. But we are. <laughs> but it's okay because I was gonna say we're in the middle of a pandemic. I feel like it could be towards the end of the pandemic, but honestly, I don't know anymore. We're still in the midst of a pandemic. There we go. There we go. Times is hard. And there's grace for having to, you know, not maintain a strict schedule or routine. Yeah. Because everything's still so in flux. I'm giving you grace. Every single one of our listeners is giving us grace. Thank you. Thank you for that. I mean, I'm sure this will probably be like the most listened to episode of our podcast ever just because they're so happy we're back and they're going to tell all their friends. Yeah. And, and this is how we explode and go viral. And this is how we get fan art. I'm so excited to explode. Tyler. (laughs) Baby blow me up. I'm ready to combust. Um, If you've made it this far and you don't know what you're listening to, this is preview review, the movie trailer podcast where we talk about movie trailers and other things that are pertinent to us it's just where Tyler and I hang out, and sometimes there's structure, and sometimes there's not. Well, and if you're sitting there, and this is your first episode, and you're thinking, gee, they talk about movie trailers, like movies that are coming out, hasn't the year 2020 been so hard for them? Because yes, it has. <laughs> movies have been struggling to be released and kept getting pushed back, and trailers have been out, and then movies get pushed back, and then they don't come out, and then... They just are going to go to HBO Max next year. If these are the thoughts running through your head, one, boy, do I have the podcast for you. It's this one. Yeah. And two, you are correct. <laughs> it's, it's because been this has been such a weird year. We thought when we were creating this podcast that movie trailers would be an infinite recycle and loop of endless material to discuss. And then here we are when, I mean, we could talk about the trailers that are coming out, but... I mean, we've been waiting for, like, the same 15 movies to be released this year that just keep getting pushed back more and more. And now, I mean, I don't even know if I know when any of them are coming out anymore, except for the four we're talking about today. I mean, just an example, one of the trailers we watched today in preparation for this podcast said coming to theaters in June, but it's December and it never came to theaters. Nope, and it's not even going to be in theaters. What a twist. So we add... Onto that, not only just the weird state of movie releases this year, but also what this means for the impact on the film industry as a whole and movie theaters that, you know, big name movies such as Soul, which Ryan just alluded to, and Wonder Woman 1984 aren't even going to go to the... Well, they're going... Wonder Woman 1984 is going to some theaters, but it's going to be released on streaming the same day. Soul's going straight to Disney Plus, isn't even going to touch theaters, just like the Mulan remake before it. And then later, I can't even fathom. Disney's already announced they're doing 
a premium access with Raya and the Last Dragon, but it's still going to theaters. There, no one knows what's what happening. What will this mean? They're making it up as they go along, but their choices have ramifications for the future of the industry. And Tyler and I are two entertainment industry experts, and we're here we're to help professionals. you and guide you through this. Well, hobbyists. I mean, we professionally record this, whatever the word profession. It depends on your term professional and your definition of that word but well we don't do it for money so it's not professional no 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 um one time hudson gave us a dollar oh okay so we do it for money very low the more episodes we make without getting more one dollar donations the like less value each episode has yes we're up to let's see this is our 31st episode we've been funded by one dollar so each episode has a worth of around three cents dang when you put it like that I'm so pumped to keep making these episodes. I want to get it down to where I'm making less than a cent Let's episode. dwindle. Let's dwindle the, the quality. and Well, not the quality, but the value. The value changes, but the quality remains the same. Okay. I'm okay. <laughs> you okay? No, the quality's okay. I mean, I'm okay with it being okay. Yeah, same. Okay. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and... Uh, well, first we've got to talk about what we're covering on today's episode. As I mentioned, we're going to be discussing the trailer for... Pixar's Soul. Oh, that's the one with the souls. And we'll also take a look at the trailer for We Can Be Heroes. David Bowie's biopic? It's You would think so, but no. Aw. Uh, Promising Young Woman and News of the World. Ooh, is that one mm. like a spinoff to The Newsroom, the Steve Carell show? You would think so, but oh, no. no. <laughs> Newsroom is also not Steve Carell. That's morning show. Newsroom was the oh, HBO Jeff show with Jeff Daniels. They're yeah. all connected. It's a shared universe. You would think so, but no. And a couple of years ago, there was that uh, morning show type movie with Harrison Ford and Rachel McAdams. I don't even know what you're talking about, but sure. I don't know. It it, went, it was a February movie in like 2016, oh. but it, it stuck in my memory. Okay. I have never seen it, but maybe it's good. I don't know. Wow, and that just shows... The, the power, qual- of, the power trailers. of trailers, yes, it leaves an impression in your mind without even having to see the movie. But first, we should talk about movies that we watched the trailer for and preview reviewed, but that we have now seen and figure out, you know, how they how they lived up to what we expected. Ah, you know, I know this, this is segment. a recurring segment that we call Ryan's Review Roundup. Tyler sometimes joins in. I'll sometimes jump in because occasionally I will have seen a movie that Ryan hasn't seen yet. It's very rare, but. It happens. You know, it's happening more, too, because we're not going to the movies together all the time. Like, you're watching mm-hmm. stuff on your own. I'm watching stuff on my own. And we don't always watch the same things. troublesome. It's I true. I like that 2020 has brought this upon us. I know. When was the last time we were in the movie theater together? Oh, no. I went and saw Tenet, and you weren't by my side. The last time, sad. That, the last time we were in a movie theater together was when we saw Bloodshot at Universal Studios. The weekend the world shut down because of coronavirus. We I'm glad were you were by my side. The AMC at Universal Studios watching Vin Diesel in Bloodshot. Dude. And that feels like ages ago. I want to go back. Take me back, Vin Diesel. Take me back. If I could just relive that one day again, over and over, Groundhog Day style, I would take that. That'd be really fun. Like, I was coming to your apartment this afternoon, and I was on the opposite side of the street than I usually come on to it. And I thought, last time I was on this side of the street, I was picking Tyler up to go to Universal Studios. Wow. So, what, we want, what we're really trying to say here is, uh, we just want to go back to Universal Studios and watch the Waterworld show. And go to AMC Theaters afterwards. And neither of those things are reopened yet. And I, we're mm-hmm. waiting. 
But the but we can go to the um, the Zen Zone on City Walk. Mm, yes, and we can pay for our massages with our six hundred dollars stimulus check. Oh baby! Speaking of give stimmy checks, give me that checks, Trump money. Apparently, give me that Mitchie McConnell money. Apparently, there's like some clause in the stimulus package that is supposed to help theaters. Uh, like they're gonna give money yeah, to it's theaters, like billions of dollars. So that's pretty cool. That's yeah. a positive. It, it is a positive. But six hundred dollars is minuscule in my bank account i'm sitting over here in my ivory tower yeah i mean like i mean i'll take the free money but if you're trying to do this it's not going to stimulate anything i mean you've stimulated this conversation with current events current events yes not Mm. popular culture but like yeah hard-hitting welcome political we're doing journalism now this is a journalistic podcast in the episode we lost we had a whole bunch of gags about um the big board on the election uh, the week after the election which was very calming and uh, clearly understood uh, and not at all confusing for any Americans. Okay, Just like the Warner HBO Max deal. to Ryan's Review Roundup. Ryan, you saw the movie The Devil all the time. I did. What did you think of it? I thought it was good. Um, it's been a while since I saw it. What's it about? This is the one with uh, Tom Holland uh-huh. and Robert, Robert Pattinson. Pattinson. Robert Pattinson plays like a skeevy guy and he has a weird southern accent. But I like the movie. And I think it's a good movie. I think it's towards the top of my 2020 streaming lists. Um, go check it out. It's on Netflix. It's kind of long, but it's worth it. Nice. Ryan, you also saw the movie Freaky. Ooh, Freaky was fun. One? I saw Freaky in the Drive-In. It's the like Freaky Friday the 13th. Where you the got killer... Freaky in the Drive-In? No, because I was there with my sister. I'm not doing that. Um, this oh, is... but you saw Freaky in the Drive-In. Yes, we don't okay. live in Alabama, Tyler. Ooh. Sorry to all our Alabamian listeners. I don't think we have any. But okay. you've already gotten that joke thrown at you by so many other people. I know. Probably Girl, like the last you know, one to do it. If you're still offended by that joke, Alabamians. Alabamians. Grow some fucking thick skin, okay? Jesus. Exactly. Anyway, I saw Freaky. It was fun. I really liked it. It was a good time. It was enjoyable. Uh, you can like rent it on like YouTube or iTunes now. And I th- I'd say it's worth your rental money. All right, and we both saw Enola Holmes, another Netflix release. Mm, this is fun. When I first saw it, I really enjoyed it and thought it was a good time, but the farther away I get from it, the less and less I remember about it. So maybe it doesn't have as much staying power. But, I mean, watch it. It's fun. What did you think? Um, yeah, kind of same. Like, it was a fun watch, but it's not really, like, stuck around in my memory too much. But It's you an know, easy watch. It, it's also the movie that, like, uh, if I was, like, hanging out with friends, not that we can do that anymore, but if I was and, like, we wanted to throw it on in the background, I'd be cool with it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like I never want to see it again, but it's not necessarily, like, one that I want to rewatch and, like, pay close attention to again. I would watch a sequel. Yeah, I would watch a sequel. It's fun. Sure. Yeah. And The Witches, HBO Max original, Anne uh, Hathaway, Octavia Spencer. Yes. What did you think of this one? Uh, oh, the Roald Dahl? It uh, was a... I don't know. I wasn't, I wasn't the biggest fan of this one. I thought... Uh, it was just doing the 90s version again, but not as good, and, you know... It did some interesting things different than the 90s version to me, but I... And I liked the performances from Octavia Spencer and Anne Hathaway. I thought Anne Hathaway was doing something really weird. It didn't land for me. But, uh, the 90s version is better, and, and just the tone is more consistent in the 90s one, mm-hmm. which is, like, kind of fun, but a little dark. And this one, like, roller coasters too much. It but goes I like too the fun and bright, better. and it goes too... Grim and dark. dark. Yeah. Like, back and forth. Mm-hmm. But the, the way it end, ends and ties the story together, um, and maybe even, like, hints at the sequel, I don't know kind about of fun. that. I don't know. I feel like Warner Brothers knew they kind of had, like, this lackluster film on their hands, and they're like, thank God for HBO Max. 
and they threw it on there and it was a big advertising thing because people know the witches but like you'd have to sign up and pay for hbo max to find out if you want to like the movie yeah. i know i enjoyed it I, I would probably watch this one again i've seen the 90s one multiple times i read the book multiple times as a kid it was one of my favorite old doll books so i'm i'm just a fan of the story so Interesting. i just think it's cool the more i interact with this the less i like the story so yeah. we're on opposite ends of the scales here so i don't know try it out for yourself see what you think but don't buy hbo max for it it's if not you're worth a rolled doll stan let me know we'll talk rolled doll tyler wants some fan art of him spooning as with rolled doll. doll very in a in a Dude, rolled doll's dope if you haven't seen the direct history episode about rolled doll that's where all my role knowledge comes from. All right, and finally, Ryan, you haven't seen this film, but I have uh, an artistic masterpiece of tour de force, Hubie Halloween on Netflix. Hubie! Adam Sandler plays a guy with an offensive accent that probably hints at him having um, some sort of disability. Is it offensive or is it just a funny accent? I mean... I don't know. Tell us if you're offended. A potentially offensive accent because it... it's likely due to the cause of some sort of mental disability. But, I mean, who am I to judge? I'm not I'm not disabled, so I don't have the right or the ground to, to stand and be like, this is not offensive. But it's true. if the disabled community speaks out about it, I, I, will, I will stand Do you think them. this movie is going to gain enough traction where a bunch of disabled people... Uh, I don't think so, because no one's going to watch it because it's not that good. <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll see. It's a weird movie. It's just sort of like raunchy-ish Halloween comedy. I mean... There's some running gags in it that are just like one-liners or visual jokes that I enjoyed and laughed at, but the overall story and premise of the sh- the not the show of the movie is like not that entertaining or good. So I mean, I watched it and then I tried to sit down with Veronica and watch it, and she maybe turned it off like 15 minutes into it because she was, was just she not offended? having it. No, she just like was like, "This isn't good." Oh, she so, was offended by the quality of the film, but she sat through all of the witches. So I mean, what does that tell you? I mean. Maybe she was more invested in the witches. Yeah, well, I mean, she also didn't like the witches, but she did sit through it. She didn't make me turn it off. So that's, mm-hmm. you know, something. So, like, the first 15 minutes of the witches are better than the first 15 yeah. minutes of Hoobie so, Halloween. Yeah, so Halloween, probably worse than the witches, would be my review of it. Interesting. Should I watch it? Like, th- is it worth my time? Uh, I don't know. There's probably better movies for you to watch. Perfect. All right. You know what? One of those better movies could be. Maybe I'll nominate it for a previewee. And then uh, I will be forced to watch have to it. Watch it to be an educated voter. I will always be an educated voter until the day I die. Go vote. I know it's December, but if I mean, you got any Georgian voters out there? Any Georgia listeners? Hey, if you're in Georgia. There's an important runoff election happening next month. Early voting's already but started. Honestly, they're already supposed to, like, yeah, they've already started voting, and if, if they haven't registered to vote in the runoff, it's too late for them to do it now, so we're not really doing them any favors by prompting this. Hey, this is a very important special episode of Preview Review, where we tell you to go vote. Hey, the midterm elections are coming just in two years. Make sure you're <laughs> we're ready. We're going to start our midterm election reminder campaign now. <laughs> Hey, um, we forgot about our opening question. Oh yeah, have we gotten there yet? It's been a while it's since time we've been for in the it studio. Now. Let's jump into it. Well, we're talking about Soul today, right? Yeah, and we're also talking about We Can Be Heroes, which are both kids' movies, yeah. but they both potentially deal with harm, violence, death, death perhaps. Um, and you know, I think it's not too Honestly. rare for children's films. To deal with somewhat heavier subjects and finding a way to do it and balance it um, 
is is a difficult thing. Some of them pull it off, some of them don't. Um, but for today's opening question, we're just going to, each of us, kind of reflect on uh, our own upbringing and movies we used to enjoy. And what what would be the most traumatizing death in a children's film um, that you remember from growing up that was like really something that like hit you hard? Interesting. Well, I don't know if this one counts, but I'm going for it because it traumatized me. So, um, it's Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. And I know there's not a lot of death in that movie, but when the queen turns into the witch, she runs past a skeleton and kicks it. And that's just one thing the evil witch does. And everything she does traumatized me as a child. She was so scary. I couldn't handle that witch. I took our copy of, uh... Snow White and the Seven Doors and threw it behind the TV so my sister couldn't get it and play the movie because I was too scared. And I went, no more witchy poo. I don't like it. She kicks the little skeleton man. She makes the poison apple. She wants to kill Snow White. Not not my cup of tea. So the traumatizing childhood death is the off-screen death of that <laughs> Of skeleton. the skeleton in the dungeon. I guess not even the death of the skeleton. It's the skeleton's second it's, death when she's <laughs> when she kicks him kicked. oh my gosh wow so traumatizing interesting how about yourself tyler i think for me a couple stand out one would definitely be obviously um the Mufasa's death oh not the skeleton in, in the dungeon. lion king not that one from snow no White. mufasa's death in lion king like long live the king simba going up and being like dad wake up i gotta go home that's like that's some heart-wrenching stuff. It's true. Um, even in the even in the live-action remake. Mm, not as much in the live-action remake. But definitely in the original, for sure. Definitely. Um, and then the other one is, speaking of Roald Dahl, another adaptation, James and the Giant Peach, when Ooh. James' parents like are mysteriously They're eaten by, like, vanished by a cloud shadow. rhino. That shit's scary as fuck. That is scary. Um, I was traumatized by that, and I never wanted my parents to go anywhere near any cloud rhino shaped clouds don't do it mom uh, because that's i think i had the first dream of like or not dream nightmare of what it would be like if my parents were to die after i watched james and the giant peach interesting which is wild one of my earliest nightmares that i remember deals with maleficent another classic disney villain these powerful evil ladies they get at my psyche Little Ryan couldn't handle it. He was too much in the patriarchy, and he goes, only men can be powerful. But I've learned and grown since then. I was also I in a dungeon in the night. I actually think it's great that you, as a young boy, um, had the ability to be like actually scared of a woman and not have to be like, ugh, why is there a woman villain? This should be a man. He'd be scarier. Exactly. You so know? when they Women made, can be villains too. When they made both of those Disney classics in the 30s and the 50s, they were really pushing the boundaries. Absolutely. I, I mean, you, there's Walt. almost no male representation in Snow White. What? Unless the you seven count dwarves. All the dwarves. That's but seven. they're not they're not human men yes, they're they like are. a different race no they're human you think they're just dwarves i think they just have dwarfism oh that's a real thing that people have i thought that they would be like a mystical race they have no powers they're just little miners oh you don't know that what okay so this mining company in the 30s hired a bunch of disabled people it wasn't the 30s that's progressive it wasn't the 30s the movie was made in the 30s before the 30s it was like fairy tale times yeah Exactly. It's fairy tales, so they're not real people. 
Well, none of the people are real if we're going that extent. None oh of the characters are real. It's all fiction. I can't handle this. So there can be witches, but there can't be dwarves? No, there can be dwarves, but I think they're rep- it's representation, Tyler, and it matters. Hmm. The people with dwarvism stood up and said, these are my dwarves. I relate with happy. Okay, I feel like this episode's going to be a problem with the disability community, so I'm going to just stop the conversation. <laughs> I don't want to keep going down this road. But there were uh, little goblins in Snow White. Or not Snow White, Cinder- uh, Sleeping Beauty. They were not human. Okay. And there's dragons. Those aren't human either. Okay. And fairies. Uh, witches. Okay. All not human. Okay, cool. Are there witches? I'm trying There's to no think. witches of Sleeping Beauty, but I'm just well, she's a you... witch, kind of. No, she's not. She's a dark fairy. That's why they made Maleficent to clarify. No, 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 no. I'm talking about Snow White. Oh, Sorry. Snow White. Yeah. Is she a witch, or is she just like? Yeah, she's a witch. Or is she just like a, a good potion maker? Oh no. Should we talk about our first movie? Yeah. How long we've been riffing for what? Twenty five minutes. It's time to get into the meat of this episode. All right. So Pixar Soul is coming straight straight to Disney Plus on Christmas Day, December twenty fifth. It's directed by Pete Doctor. He's done other Pixar projects. He did what? Inside Out. Inside uh, Out. Up, I think. Up, maybe. You we know. forgot to write this part down. We're riffing again. <laughs> he did other Pixar things. You know, he's the head work. of Pixar now. Since he they is. got rid of the other dude oh, yeah. that we don't talk about. And it stars. I thought you were googling it, but I'll keep going. Oh, I thought it we stars were just Jamie Foxx. A moment of Tina silence Bay, for all the victims of the other guy. No, <laughs> Felicia Rashad, David Diggs, and Angela Bassett. Uh, among others, this is a very large ensemble voice cast in this film. Um, Monsters, Inc. Oh, he did Monsters, Inc. That was his Inc. first Interesting. one. Okay, cool. Well, did he do Monsters University, too? No, that's a different guy. That's the same guy who did uh, Onward. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, this trailer... Okay, so here's what it is. Jamie Foxx, he's a middle school band teacher. He's also a jazz pianist. Does he play piano? Uh, yeah, I think he, he could does. be a multi-instrumentalist, but I think we, he, we see him playing piano. Well, if you're a music teacher, you kind of have to know a little bit of everything. Yeah, exactly. But I think we primarily see him playing piano is what I'm saying. Maybe that's his like, And key. like on the poster, it's like the piano keys is like the steps. Ah. Basically, this movie's about music and death. Okay, what I mean by that is he's obviously a man that lives his life for music, but then on his way home from securing a gig as the pianist for a, a jazz, jazz band, group, um, he falls into a manhole and dies. And what? so then his soul separated from his body, and his soul is moving on to like the fictional version of the afterlife that's being used for this film. They call it like the Great Beyond, the great and beyond. it's just like a big white light. And there's like an escalator and up to it. I don't it. know what religion they're borrowing from, but it's probably some sort of weird blending that they utilize because they don't want to like go one way or the well, other. Well, yeah, you, it's very hard. Like, you're going to make a movie about the afterlife. You can't be like, this one religion got it right. And this is, <laughs> we're just going to depict it exactly like that. But also, so many religions have so many similarities to it that's easy to find this like. Like, you can make like, an amalgamation. It, yeah. Here's the blending. But basically, instead of moving to the Great Beyond, he, like, falls off this, like, escalator that's taking all these souls up. And these souls are, like, little blue blobby things. They look like little ghosties. And he falls, and he lands in the Great Before, which is where the souls go before they get put into a body on Earth. And so now he and this soul that hasn't been to Earth yet, but says that they know everything about Earth and doesn't really want to go to Earth, which is voiced by Tina Fey, are, like, buddy-buddy. And, like, basically, it's basically... Basically, basically, it's basically a movie. Basically, Jamie Foxx's character is trying to teach this other soul that hasn't been to Earth yet and is wary about going to Earth about all the joys that life has because he's actually lived and had a full life experience on Earth. Yes. But it seems like he also learns from the 
this uh, adventure this soul that hasn't been to Earth yet. A little bit about like how valuable the time on Earth he had was. Yeah, so it's kind of so, like he's learning about how he needs to accept his death while also experience like trying to teach this somebody that Tina hasn't Fey, lived yet like how great life is yeah because something that tina fey's character mentions and the line that's in the trailer is tina fey's character mentioning like is it really worth like going to earth to just, just die dying. one day and that's where jamie fox is is trying to give this soul some insight as to what life can be worth if you live your life to the fullest yeah because this is a man that lived with passion and soul because soul is not just referring to like the disembodied essence of the human being but also like the spirit of life. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks pretty good. I think they missed a real big opportunity here. Why is he all into jazz? He should have been into soul music. I mean, I feel like it kind of is jazz, soul music. Well, they're like adjacent. The blend. But yeah. But I feel like there's like clear soul music that like doesn't really touch on jazz that much. But maybe it's because I they're know, trying to... Soul st- music feels like harder to define. Soul feels like it's more about like... A style? The style of voice. Instead of a genre? Yeah. Interesting. Maybe there will be some soul music. You never know. But, okay, here's my question about this movie, though. I really think that the story that they're trying to tell is going to be interesting. And one cool thing that I really like from the trailer is like the animation style. It looks really cool. But I just don't know... I guess... I'm interested to see how they're going to land this movie. Like, what is sort of the big takeaway? What is the arc of the journey? Because it feels like this is something that you would just kind of talk about forever. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so how are they going to structure and provide premise and an arc of, you know, well, conflict resolution to I the think... story instead of like... Well, I guess him being lost and being in the great before instead of the great after, he's going to have to... Probably some, like, ticking clock mechanism of, like, I have to get there before something something happens, right? Well, they add some tension. Like, in the trailers, we haven't talked about this yet, but it looks like they go back to Earth. Jamie Foxx and his Tina Fey friend. Um, and he's trying to get back into his body and come back to life. But there's, like, the soul, like, administrative people that are, like... Oh, the soul keepers. The soul keepers, sure. They're, like, hunting him down and say, no, you can't be on Earth. You have to go to the big white light in so the sky. So now this feels like Coco. But Maybe reverse Coco. Yeah, instead of going to the afterlife, you, you're the afterlife going to the during right. life. But you, both, you need to go back. Yeah, but you need to do something before you go back. Exactly, and then but I think like the main like lesson both of these characters are going to learn by the end, like they have to like Jamie Fox has to accept his death, and Tina Fey has to accept life and embrace her life. So I think that's the arc that they have to go on, and it's weird like right. these characters going together because it seems like their arcs are opposite. But, like, maybe they can learn similar things, and those things can affect how they, like, are internalizing their own mortality. Hmm. Well, it looks interesting. I'm definitely going to watch it. Maybe it'll be my Christmas Day watch, but definitely before the end of the year, I'll get around to it on yeah. Disney+. Plus. And I'm hopeful for it. It'll probably make me cry a little bit, probably make me laugh a little bit. Typical Pixar mm-hmm. stuff, you know? Yeah. It looks really beautiful. Like, the stuff in the real world looks, like, almost sort of realistic. The animation's crazy because they do some super great realism in the, the real Earth. Earth scenes. And then some really great abstract animation, cool, like, design stuff yeah. in the afterlife. Yeah, like, the Soul dope. Keepers almost look 2D, like, interacting yeah. with a 3D environment. And it looks really cool. And it just, like, I don't know. It probably would have been really cool to see on the big screen. But, I mean... 
if you want to give it to us, Disney, maybe give it to us. I watched an interview with Pete Doctor where he like had to come to terms with it going to streaming, but like he came to the fact that like there's some topical message in this movie that needs to be like seen now. So maybe it has something to do with like giving people hope or something like that. That we're in a year that a lot of hope hasn't really been had. Yeah. I don't know. I'm down. I'll see it. I'm excited. I already have Disney Plus, so I have questions, but hopefully they'll be it's answered. It's not premiere access like Mulan. No, we're gonna see it right away. Yeah, I don't have to, to pay any extra money. Do you think you'll watch it on Christmas? Um, I don't know. Uh, definitely that like weekend. Yeah, I think so. I think Christmas I have to watch Wonder Woman. Mm. Because yeah, that comes out on the same day, like same kind of deal, like free on a streaming service I already own. But. If Wonder Woman wasn't coming out, I'd watch Soul on Christmas Day. All right, well, let's move on to the second trailer for today's episode. This is We Can Be Heroes. Uh, this is releasing also on Christmas Day on Netflix. This will be my Christmas Day watch. <laughs> wow. Um, it's directed by Robert Rodriguez, who, you know, did The Adventures of Shark Boy and Lava Girl, Spy Kids. Sin as well City. as Sin City Machete from Dusk Till Dawn. A very... Uh, wide-ranging filmography here i like that one episode of the chef show where they go to robert rodriguez's house and he makes some food yeah, he has a really cool kitchen um as far as yaya Gosselin, priyanka chopra pedro pascal christian schlater and boyd holbrook and basically the premise of this movie it's a standalone sequel to shark boy and lava girl so it's not directly sequeling shark boy and lava girl but it's a standalone movie that exists in a universe where the story of shark boy and lava girl also existed. And if you don't know Sharkboy and Lava Girl, it was like a movie when Tyler and I were kids with Taylor Lautner and uh, he was Sharkboy and then there was Lava Girl and uh, Taylor Dooley. What's her? What's his name? The light bulb guy. George Lopez, George Lopez was the evil light bulb man and they had to fight him. But it was all about dreams. So like, but this new movie looks like it's I didn't real. I know it's happening in the real world but this movie is so I don't know what's going on and this girl on the trailer says that she's Sharkboy and Lava Girl's child. But, but she's very white, and both Sharkboy and Lava Girl didn't seem white in the original film to me. But I guess maybe... maybe. Taylor Lautner might be technically white. Taylor Dooley, I think, is maybe white, but I don't know. I don't know. Maybe she just got the recessive traits. It's possible. She's getting more and more Anglicanized. <laughs> yes. But she's still being directed by Robert Rodriguez, so she'll probably keep some of her heritage. Yeah, and basically this movie, the premise is, like, all these kids are the children of famous superheroes that protect the Earth, but all of a sudden... Aliens. Aliens capture all of the superhero adults, and so all the kids are taken to this underground bunker where they can be protected, but then they're like, no, we need to use our powers, because I guess powers are genetic in this universe. Mm -hmm. And they're like, we're kids, but we have powers, and we gotta do it, we gotta use them to save the world. So it's like... Your typical story of kids saving the world. Like, we've seen this before. He did it with Spy Kids. Uh, he did it with... Uh... It's literally Spy Kids, but take away the spies and make it your superheroes. Yeah, and it's like very similar to Sky High, if you've ever seen that movie. It's like a school of children that have superpowers and their parents had powers, but then the kids have to save the day. Mm -hmm. But these kids are younger. They're not high school. But the interesting thing, this main girl who's uh, Pedro Pascal's daughter... Is sort of like the leader of the oh, crew. Oh, she's the leader, trailer. not Shark Boy Girl. No, Shark Shark Boy and Lava Girl's daughter was like so little. She's not the leader. It's Pedro oh, okay. Pascal's daughter, and 
but we don't see what her power is in the trailer. So I'm curious. Maybe she doesn't have a power. Her power is super leadership. Hey, uh, that's like Batman's power. Yeah, kind of. So, um, but anyway, this looks like a fun time for a kids movie. Like Robert Rodriguez has like such a style with these kids movies that you can tell it's like part of his children's cinematic universe. Like the design of things and the colors he uses. Like, you take it and you look at it for an instant and you realize, oh, this is one of those Spy Kids Lava Girl With movies. With that dude, the little boy in the op- in the production thing. Oh, the, the Dimension Kid. Yeah. And he goes on the little roller coaster ride. Yeah. And he's got the evil grin. If you don't know what you're talking about, like, Go watch sorry. some Spy Kids movies, man. Have you seen Spy Kids 4? I love Spy Kids movies. I don't think I saw the fourth one. That one has Joel McHale in it. Yeah, right? I didn't watch number I four. I saw it. But, like, this feels like it's kind of the same kind of premise. Like, we're coming back to this franchise many years later. Yeah, and, but maybe they learn from it's Spy a shared Kids universe, 4. but it's not really like direct, mm-hmm. directly following. Yeah, maybe they learn from Spy Kids Four. Like maybe it didn't do well at the box office, or so like we're going to Netflix this time. Ah, uh, that makes sense. But I don't know. I like Robert Rodriguez as a director. Um, he did one of my favorite episodes of The Mandalorian this year. Um, so there's still hope for this. It looks exactly like what you think it would going to be. It if looks you... fine. The jokes are cheesy. The performances from the kids aren't great, but it is what it is. Mm. And, you know, if you've got, like, a nine-year-old at home that you've shown the old Spy Kids and Shark Boy and Lava Girl movies, you know, you're probably going to want to throw this on. Or maybe, like, this is the new introduction. Like, if you have a child and you remember watching these movies as a child, you could go, here's the new thing. If they like it, show them the movies that you like. Yeah. It's a good time for the whole family. Maybe. I don't know. I haven't we seen the know. movie. The trailer looks like it'll be a good time for the whole movie. Yeah. Every statement in this podcast is conditional. We do not hold accountability to uh, the realities of a film after it's been, you know, released. All right. This brings us to our first game of the episode. Ooh, I love the game. As I said, you know, we mentioned Soul and... Um, we can be heroes being kids, kids movies, movies that might deal with some some violence and some action and, and death perhaps even some death um so ryan you prepared a game based on these themes for us yes so uh i thought it would be fun if tyler had to rank these disney movies in the order that he thinks the most deaths occur in so like number one there'll be the most deaths number two second most deaths number three third most deaths and oops all of these deaths I found by Googling kids movie death count and other people already did the research. So, um, don't at me. Um, and all of these deaths, like they count minuscule things. Like if a fish dies, it, it goes into the death count. Like even if the fish never talked, okay. Tyler, um, okay. so I'm going to give you six movies and you're going to tell me which one has the most deaths all the way down to the least deaths. Okay. All right. If you understand the rules, we shall begin. Let's begin. Okay. The first movie that I'm going to tell you is Frozen. Now think about Frozen. Do people die in Frozen? How many people die? Like, I mean, the whole place freezes over. A lot of these numbers are estimated deaths. So it could be like, oh, people got frostbite and died. Right. Okay. You know? Okay. Um, The next one we got is The Lion King. We talked about this earlier. Had the big mm. traumatic death of Mufasa, but is he, he the, is he the only one who dies in that movie? Mm, okay. Uh, next, we got Bambi. That's another traumatic uh, animated death we didn't talk about earlier, but lots of people mm-hmm. cite well, Bambi's mom, mom gets mm-hmm. shot. You know, there's hunters in that movie. Maybe they shoot more than one deer. 
Next, we have The Black Cauldron. This movie is very grim and dark, has skeletons everywhere, things like that. Then we got Pinocchio, Smoking Kills, Tyler. <laughs> and that's all they do on Pleasure Island. And we have uh, Mulan, a movie about war. We're talking about the animated one here. So those are your six. You have okay. Frozen, Pinocchio, Black Cauldron, Lion King, These are out of, Bambi, order and Mulan. Yeah, they're in a different order than I told you, but I'm just giving you lots of different orders so okay. you can think about them in a different I'm going to go ahead right away and put Mulan at the top. Okay. I think the most people die in Mulan. It's about war. There's an avalanche scene. There's the whole fight at the Emperor's castle what is that called? palace palace i'm gonna go ahead and put that towards the top i'm gonna put it number one for now maybe it'll change okay i have to think about it a little bit um the the inferred deaths are the projected deaths and frozen there's a question i don't remember off the top of my head anyone dying like on screen in frozen even like the villain like hans isn't like killed like he gets slapped and pushed over a boat so I, it's not like jumping to the forefront of my mind. So I want to put that towards the bottom. Let's put that in sixth place for now. Okay. Um, I know we've got a death in Bambi, but I don't, I would be surprised if people died uh, more than Bambi's mom died. I'm going to put that in fifth. All right. Um, trying to think what else happens. Pinocchio. I don't even remember anything about Pinocchio. Let's go put that in third. Okay. Um, you still have your second and fourth slots left. Oh, shoot. Put it in fourth is what I meant. I'm sorry. Okay, okay. And then, what's, what are the other ones? Black, oh, Black Cauldron. Put Black Cauldron in, in two. Okay. And then what's the last one? Lion King. Yeah, put Lion King in three. All right. And I think... Here, I'll read back your list, and you can make any final changes if you want to. Okay. At number one, with most deaths, you have Mulan. Then Black Cauldron. At number two. Number three, you put Lion King. Four is Pinocchio. Five is Bambi. And six is Frozen. Uh, yeah, let's go with that. All right. Um, let's see. How is this going to be scored? Exactly. That's what I'm trying to figure out on the fly. Um, I think I just get a point for everyone that's in the correct placement. Okay. And if, if I got them all wrong, then I got them all wrong. If that's the order we're going in, you have zero points. Wow. That's surprising. Here's what's going on here. Number one is the Lion King. Okay. Because they're projecting that because after Scar's takeover, there's massive ecological... Hard. Oh, I didn't know it was doing <laughs> that shit. Okay. So they projected that 1,660 sentient beings were killed in The Lion King. Number two, you were right about war in Mulan. The avalanche scene, she kills over like 1,300 people in that. So their uh, projection is... Okay, I figured that'd be towards the top. Mm -hmm. Their projection is uh, 1,468 deaths. And that's like on-screen deaths. Exactly. Scars... Like Scars. preferred ecological disruption does not make sense to me, but go off. Screenrant.net or wherever I got this list. Um, then in third place is Pinocchio. Okay. Is it the kids? No. Uh, there's what? a scene where Monstro eats a school of fish uh, and about 83 fish okay. get eaten and okay. die. Uh, fourth place is Bambi. Okay. They're between like hunters and there's a forest fire in that movie. They projected uh -huh. that 
81 sentient creatures died in Bambi. Okay. Fifth place is Frozen. Frozen. They projected 33 people died, and that's mainly from the parents' shipwreck and the crew that was on the ship. Shipwreck. Obviously, there's two deaths in that movie, at least. Okay. And then in last place is The Black Cauldron, where, sure, there's zombies and skeletons that die all the time, but they're not counted as sentient beings because they're already dead. So there's only two deaths... And that's being the villain and Gurgi who sacrifices himself to kill the villain. Right. Okay. Well, thanks for playing, Tyler. Sorry you didn't get any points. You know, it's fine. It's a good thought process. Good thinking. It was a good... Yeah, it's sort of like the interview question of, like, how many windows are there in New York City? You know, where it's not like no one knows a definitive answer, but it's about the creative and, and critical thinking, you know? Mm-hmm. I hope you played along at home and got your brain juices flowing, and I hope you had fun. But you know what we're going to do now? What are we going to do now? We're going to talk about something that's not as fun. Sexual assault. <laughs> but we're talking about movie trailers. Not as fun. It's it's just not fun. Let's just It's true. It. It's Let's true. Not even Playing games and no qualifier. Yeah, no. Uh if you do this kind of action, please stop listening. Unsubscribe. I don't want your Patreon ship. No thank you. Go away and go to hell. Um but this movie, Promising Young Woman, it looks this like looks a good movie. so good. I'm so um, Even though it deals one. with these deeper issues yeah. and themes. Um, it comes out on December 25th in theaters, wherever theaters are open. Uh, maybe drive-ins. Um, it's directed by Emerald Fennell. Uh, this is her directorial debut. It stars Carrie Mulligan, Bo Burnham, Alison Brie, Clancy Brown, Jennifer Coolidge, Laverne Cox, Connie Britton, and so many more people. We just stopped listing them. But if you really want to know the full cast list, go to IMDb or something. Um, but this movie is all about Carrie Mulligan's character, she goes out to bars and she acts like completely drunk and hopes like somebody will take her home. And then like she wants to catch someone in the act of like trying to take advantage of her and then like spring a surprise on them like, ha, I'm actually sober and I think what you're doing is sick and perverted and then like does some like revenge shit on them. Yeah, we don't know what she does because they don't show us, but they show us in the trailer her going home with somebody pretending to be drunk. You know, acting out of it as he's trying to make advances to her. And then about as he's about to take advantage of her, her being like, hey, I said, what are you doing? I'm like, totally fine. Stop. And then she has a little notebook that has tally marks in it. So mm-hmm. we don't know what she does. But I'm they become a tally maybe mark. Maybe she kills him, but I don't know. I don't know. Some shit. Maybe it's too graphic to maybe show in the trailer. she just goes, stop it, and leaves. I don't know. Probably somewhere in between there. Yeah. In between, hey, don't hey, be don't, mean to women. Stop that. Wagging your finger and brutal murder somewhere in the spectrum of it's that. It's true. Um, <laughs> whatever your brain fills in the gaps, that's kind of part of the trailer. But maybe they show it more graphically mm-hmm. in an actual movie where it's rated yeah. R, unlike a trailer that is, can be seen by anyone on YouTube. But that's that's the premise that starts the trailer off, but then we get a little bit more into her backstory where she was a very aspire she was aspiring to be a doctor in a, a, enrolled in med school, and then we find out that something had happened and caused her to drop out, and it seems like there was some sort of uh, charge or um, accusation of sexual assault that she brought forward and it wasn't believed by the school administration or even her circle of friends and she Um, had to drop out and she dropped out from being embarrassed and feeling shamed by that Mm -hmm. and then turned to this uh, uh, twisted form of revenge to get back at this sort of society and Mm -hmm. this brand of men that are so protected and sheltered by administrative systems and organizations um, one of the lines I love in the trailer is talking about how a man says like it's every guy's worst nightmare to be accused of something like that and then she goes what do you think a girl's worst nightmare is right to have something like that actually happen to her mm-hmm. um, and so 
it's a very interesting sort of flipping this on its head and saying like, hey, men are so often the ones that are actually sheltered and protected in these circumstances. What about the women? What what power do they have? What agency do they have to take matters into their own hands and do something about it? Exactly. And there's another interesting part of the trailer that talks about like, he says, we were just kids. So maybe it seems like she's going after like specifically the people that wronged her in the past or maybe just the people that didn't believe her. Like something also going on with revenge there. And I don't know, I, it flashed a picture of her and a friend for a second on the screen. So maybe she wasn't the one who was sexually assaulted in college, but maybe her friend was. Mm, and yeah. that trauma also led to her like standing up for her and then both being ridiculed and laughed out of the school. Like It could go yeah. in a lot of different ways, but it looks like it's going to be a captivating thriller movie. Yeah, I'm very excited for it. I think the themes and just the overall sort of tone and style that I get from the trailer are very interesting. And also not to mention the like string co- quartet cover of Britney Spears Toxic that they use in the trailer is like so spot on and so good. It's true. It's probably the best music in any trailer we talked about this week. So if you want to listen to just a really cool cover of Toxic, you can go watch the Promising very Young least. Woman trailer. Yeah. I hope they use it in the movie too. I sometimes am sad when there's a tra- a song that's like really cool and used in the trailer for something and it's not in the actual movie. You know, Jordan Peele's Us actually ended up putting the remix of I Got Five on it in the movie because people loved it in the trailer so much. So I'm going to be kind of bummed if they don't like get that awesome mm-hmm. string toxic cover yeah. <laughs> inside the movie. Uh, I hope I get the chance to see this. It's only going to theaters right now. Maybe it's one of those ones that has a limited theatrical window and then you can rent it. Yeah. But it looks I'm like it's definitely worth your time. And if this was in theaters, I would have it, you know, an AMC A-list reservation to see it opening right weekend now, probably. I'd yeah. be doing it. Um, but that's not the world we live in anymore. Nope. I joked to Tyler when we were watching this movie that, hey, this movie's a period piece because it's about people in a club and taking <laughs> strangers home. No one's going to be doing that anymore or no one should be doing that anymore. Right now, yeah. But, I mean, we can still talk about these kind of stories because they're it's still relevant. It's either a period piece or, like, near future. Post-COVID vaccine. Uh, yes. This is like a 2022 <laughs> lifestyle going on right here where everything's back to normal and we can talk about the real issues like jerks that take advantage of drunk people anyway it looks like it would be really good i'm interested at least um she also uh, emerald fennell also wrote this movie and she's like a prophetic tv writer she writes a lot of good tv so uh high hopes yeah definitely all right last trailer of the episode we're talking tom hanks western directed by paul greengrass it's News of the world. Ooh. Now, what does this trailer ti- or what does this movie title mean? I'm assuming it's because Tom Hanks' character is basically just a traveling storyteller that brings the news. Well, he's like the town of crier. the world around to different settlements because this is like an a period. This is a legit this is a real piece, period piece. Old West, and he travels around to these. You know, what are they called? Homesteads. Well, he towns. goes to like yeah, like uh, an old West town. Like you go down the main street and, he and says, go into the saloon. I bring you the news of the world, and he. You know, it's because, like, they didn't have, like, the mail yet. And they didn't have, like, mass production of newspapers. Yeah, no one was flipping on, like, CNN to be like, what's going on They didn't go to nightly news. That didn't happen. They got, like, the maybe monthly time Tom Hanks came into town and said, hey, someone won the election. Yeah. So, News of the World, I didn't get it at first, but now I kind of get it as a title. Anyways, it comes to theaters on December 25th. It also goes to Netflix in every other country besides the U.S. And China. You know, if you've got a VPN, you can just watch it there. 
Um, but if you don't, you can just go to the theaters. And it's also a Universal film. Yeah, you can just go to the theaters. Um, Universal. It's so easy now. Well, Universal has a deal right now with AMC and a lot of other chains where they have a limited theatrical window. Mm. So, like, after three weeks of it being in theaters, it'll be on premium video uh, on demand. So just wait a little bit. Yeah. You don't need to see it opening weekend. It's No, short. it doesn't look like a movie you need to rush to go see. It stars Tom Hanks as well as newcomer Helena Zenge. And... Basically, it's Tom Hanks, as I mentioned. He's this town crier. He travels from town to town. He says it's not really an occupation that you do for a lot of money. He seems like he kind of lives in squalor. He rides a horse and pulls a wagon and sleeps in the dirt between towns. Um, But he stumbles upon um, an accident where there's a young girl who he realizes was captured by a a local tribe of Of indigenous peoples. And is like, oh, I'm going to take her in and try and like see if I can get her back to civilization, but he's trying to teach her a language and well, trying to teach her about the world. Uh, he also found out that like she has living family somewhere. Yeah. So he's trying to take her back to her family. Yeah. But also is like trying to reintegrate her into society because mm-hmm. she was captive for so long that she's like been raised thinking that she's an indigenous person. Mm-hmm. And, so and she, she doesn't, doesn't have speak the language English. and the mastery of like understanding what the world is about and the culture that somebody her age normally would. And um, of her race. Yeah. So it's kind of an interesting, uh, I guess, sort of like Tarzan-esque kind story. Kind of. Like a reintegration um, into like the society you were born into and yeah. the family that you left behind in that society, but not by choice. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, but is they're stopped and challenged constantly by, it looks like, not only the climate and the we- you know the dangers of the, the West, but also like, the other people that are wanting to... Purchase or kidnap her for other purposes. I don't know why they want the girl. I don't understand the conflicts that are being. But there will up, be conflict. But there will be. And, it's been promised you know, in the trailer. Yeah. Um. But not yeah. super clear. But it looks like it's like I don't know. When I was watching this trailer, I was like, "This looks like uh the trailer, like a classic trailer." I don't know. It has yeah. like sweeping music, it's like a, and bits of action, character moments, some of the great cinematography, uh, which some of the shots are really beautiful in the trailer, and it seems like it's really just a vehicle for some cool cinematography and also sort of a nice, um, not super gritty but more heartfelt performance from Tom Hanks, mm-hmm. um, because he's not the, he's not the you know grizzled cap boat captain uh, of. Uh, Greyhound, or he's not or Captain Saving Phillips. Private Ryan, um, action hero, but he's more of like, hey, I'm just, he's a, he's mm-hmm. still, I think he's a Civil War veteran, and I'm sure he will like fight some dudes a little mm-hmm. bit, but he's not needing to be the action hero. He's needing to be uh, this caretaker, this custodian, mm-hmm. this father figure to this young girl. I thought it was really funny watching this trailer, knowing like the last major project Tom Hanks and Paul Greengrass worked on together was Captain Phillips, and during the whole movie, he's like looking at the girl and he's trying to teach her. To call him captain and he just like keeps going like i'm the captain now <laughs> like he's got it back he's the captain again like, finally tom hanks has re- returned to the role of captain but i think he might have done that in greyhound i didn't see i don't know it, it's so an apple know. plus movie we don't yeah. we don't have apple products um this episode sponsored by android um but this one looks okay it looks like it's an interesting film like, if it comes on to HBO in, like, three months, maybe I'll give it a watch, but I'm not going to pay for it. Yeah, and I mean, there's been very few Western movies that I've seen that I've really been, like, blown away by, so it's not a genre that I'm, like, wanting to delve into mm-hmm. all the time, every time a new Western comes out, although I do think there have been some really great 
modern westerns made the True Grit remake from the Coen Brothers. Um, Hell or High Water is that sort of neo western. Battle to Buster Scruggs, another. There was a movie Coen uh, project. It was but, either last year or the year before called The Sisters Brothers with Walking Phoenix that I really liked. It was a western. But um, yeah, this seems more of like um, less of like the Three Ten to Yuma. Um, sort of like let's make an action movie that takes place in Western times and more of a sincere like character driven character study mm-hmm. of this Tom Hanks yeah. and this relationship with this young girl that is just embedded into the context of the Western yeah. genre. It looks like uh, I don't know if you're into Westerns you'll probably love this. Yeah. Speaking of Westerns uh, this leads us to our next game. The Western is a sweeping genre in film history. I mean there was a period of time when almost every movie being made was a Western. Yeah, like for like 20 <laughs> like, years. Like the uh, Western dominated the box office. and all these kinds of things. And it's a it's a huge genre. It's a huge piece of film history. Um, but that also means there's a lot of installations um, within the genre. And so some of them have kind of weird titles sometimes. This is also, I think, I noticed uh, in my research for this game. It's a very common genre to have very long titles. Yeah, like uh, The Man With No Name. <laughs> Like, that's a character. Yeah. It just in, like, that's his name. <laughs> like, even the names are long. Anyways, for this game, I've basically taken a list of uh, Western movies. Um, some of them are the real titles of real Western movies that were released. Some of them are not that. And they're just things I made up. Ooh, fun. So, all you gotta do, Ryan, you're gonna tell me if you think that these movie titles are real Western movie titles or are just things I made up. This game is called Yeehaw or Yee Nah. Okay, I love if it. If you think the title I read, I read you is a real Western movie, you say Yeehaw. If you think the title I read you is just something I made up, you say Yee Nah. I got it. Let's play. All right, let's go. The first title is High Noon. That sounds real. Yeehaw. You are correct. That is a real Western film. The next one is Rio Bravo. That sounds like something Reno 911 made up. Yee Nah. Uh, that is a real West movie. No. Yeehaw. Next film title. Troublesome Trail. Oh, gosh. That's tough. Uh, Yee-naw. Yee-naw. I made that up. <laughs> the next title. Three Greys on Appaloosa Hill. Where'd you come up with the word Appaloosa? That has to be real. Yee-haw. It's a Yee-naw. No! I made that up. There's... This is an amalgamation of multiple movies I found. There's a movie called, like, Three Burials or Three Graves or something... There's a movie called Red Hill, and there's a movie called Appaloosa, which is apparently a breed of horse. Wow. And there's another movie called Three Billboards Outside Eddie, okay, Missouri. I just threw it all together, and I'm ready to make the movie Three Graves on Appaloosa Hill whenever you're ready, so let's I mean, first let's we gotta get a horse. Anyone have a horse that we can borrow for this movie? All right, Ryan. You're doing pretty well. I forget. You got High Noon. You missed Rio Bravo. You missed... Did you get Troublesome Trail? I said that was no, and you said I was right. Yes, so you got that one. But you missed three games on Apple. So Hill. two out of four. Two out of four so far. We got two more. Here we okay. go. Okay. Next one. In a Valley of Violence. That sounds real. Yeehaw. You are correct. Yeehaw. And the last one is Saddle Ranch. Oh, that sounds like Blink-182 Dude Ranch stuff. Uh, yeehaw. You're right. I made that up. That's not a real Western movie, but it is a Western-themed restaurant in Hollywood. Ooh, you want to go? When Maybe. things are not crazy? Maybe. <laughs> well done, Ryan. You scored four out of six points. Yeehaw! You're a, you're a big winner, yeehaw, because I only I got zero out of six on my game. So well, your game was a lot harder. You blew us away. <laughs> okay. Well, that was a lot of fun. I Did you have fun making the game? It was fun making the game. I mean, I learned a lot of Western titles. I haven't seen many Westerns. Like One I've seen is like Stagecoach. Have you seen that one? Nope. 
That one's crazy because of the Hayes Code at the time. I, I haven't even seen any of the like classic ones. Dirty no. Harry, Fistful mm-hmm. of Dollars, any of that stuff this I is haven't a, seen. This is a John Wayne one. And like at one point in the movie, like a woman gets pregnant, but they can't say the word pregnant or like show that she's pregnant it's all implied <laughs> because of like the production code and like morality clauses that's hilarious and so like just one time like the next scene she has a baby in her arms like you were supposed to know oh she was pregnant that's and had hilarious. a baby I love that. it's pretty fun uh that's why we love westerns well thanks for playing ryan thanks for playing um, tyler check out I want to watch What's that. This movie What's called? that violence one? Oh, the, the one we were supposed to talk about? Uh, yeah. News of the World. News of the World when it hits theaters on December 25th or, or wait. Netflix with your VPN. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of Preview Review, the last one of the year. This wasn't a very Christmassy episode, but Merry Christmas. Um, happy you know, holidays. Happy holidays. Hanukkah is already over by the time we're recording this. Definitely be over by the time this comes out. But shout out. And, uh, you know, all the other holidays that happen around this time of year. You're all special, and you should all be deserved to celebrate it by the people that love to celebrate you. Yes, and we can all celebrate December 31st when the shitty year of 2020 comes to a fucking end. 2021, the beginning of the year, is not looking too promising. I mean, it'll be vaccine rollout time, so mm-hmm. that's exciting. And hopefully, at some point next year, things will be better, and we won't be living you know what? in this hell. I'm excited to maybe the um, Happy Honda Days lasts into 2021. Wow. We can bring some of this holiday cheer into the future yes, with abso- Honda Days. Absolutely. And Toyota Thon. Toyota Thon. Yeah. My family celebrates Toyota Thon. I'm a Happy Honda Days guy. Okay. Well, you know, Happy Honda Days to you. Thank you. And uh, Merry Toyota Thon to you as well. All right. Merry Toyota Thon. Happy Honda Days to all of you. Wait, listeners. wait, wait. We didn't say what's our favorite oh, movie was. Oh, I was. Man, I was coming in for the clothes. All right, Ryan. What. Did you, oh. what trailer that we're talking about today, did you like the best, and which movie that we talked about today are you most excited to see? I think my favorite trailer of the week was Promising Young Woman, but the movie I'm most excited to see is Soul. And I'm gonna flip those favorite trailer, Soul, most excited to see Promising Young Woman. Oh, it's a tie. It's a tie for So, Emerald, Emerald and Doctor. And Pete. Exactly. Uh, you can share that. Um, you can cut it down the middle. Your award will be mailing it to you. Yeah. Um, you want us to cut it horizontally or vertically? Text but, us. Call us. Let yeah, us know. You'll need to give us your contact information so we can reach out to you. Well, they um, should have my number. So. Well, they need to co- give me their yeah, mailing let address. Me know. Yeah, let Yeah. Pete, where do you live? Um. <laughs> anyway, happy Honda Pixar Animation Studio in Burbank. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs>